Welcome to the 94th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We're delighted to be back after a a two-month sabbatical uh, whilst Wolf Whistle (laughs) HQ was having a bit of a refurb and... um, I'm pleased to say 80,000 downloads now of the podcast, um, which which is just amazing. You know, when I first set out to start the podcast, I couldn't believe it was going to be so popular. We've got a player way back from the 70s today, Derek Jefferson, 52 appearances for the Wolves between 1972 and 1976. Derek, how are you, my friend? I'm well, thank you. Yeah, how are you? I'm very good, Derek. I'm very good. First question I've got to ask, because I always do a lot of research uh, on each subject that I interview for the podcast, and every picture I saw of you, you had this long-flowing tash. So, have you still got the tash? Um, yeah, but it's barely there now. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously in the 70s, um, it was quite popular, wasn't it, to have a, to have a, 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 a big moustache? It was, and, and long hair as well. Yeah, a bit of a mullet. Yeah, yeah. actually, I wasn't going to say that, Derek, but you um, you did have a full head of hair. And looking at your WhatsApp picture, actually, you've still kept all your hair, haven't you, Derek? Well, it's it's starting to go a little bit grey at the, at the size, but yeah, I'm, I'm pleased I've still got some. Oh, good man. Now, the reason uh, I very, very fortunately got put in touch with you, Derek, was was through former Wolves fallback from the 90s, Kevin Ashley, Um Kevin met you at the 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 church, uh, the Christian church that you both go to. I'm going to speak about that a little bit later um, because I know there's a very okay. important story behind that. But I always start right at the beginning um, and how you got spotted by who I believe was Ipswich Town, where you made your professional debut. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, it, it was strange going back to um, my sort of school days playing for Northumberland, uh, which was the county side. And uh, Ipswich had a manager called Jackie Milburn. Yes. Um, revered centre forward up in the, the northeast. Uh, for, played for Newcastle, obviously. And uh, he came and knocked on my door, invited me down to Ipswich for a week. Uh, I took my uncle down with me. And uh, he, uh, after a week, uh, he said he'd, he'd like to sign me. And uh, so in, in three months' time, in September of that year, uh, 1964, um, I, I signed for Ipswich. Uh, within three years, I'd, I'd made my debut as a centre-half, um, playing against Shrewsbury, uh, which we won 4-1 uh, in the FA Cup. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I didn't play another game that, that season, but uh, had a full season the next season, which, which uh, kind of established me down at Ipswich, yeah. Oh, I mean, that's brilliant. So, you were signed by the club in 63, made your debut in 1966. Um Six great years at the club, and you've got a statistic, Derek, which I pr- you probably don't want reminding of. You are the first person in history, I believe, to be sent off at Portman Road. This is true, yeah. Um, yeah, Peter Osgood, who was a, was a very good centre-forward. Uh, is that Osgood um, is good? <laughs> uh, Osgood is good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was told by the manager at, uh, at half-time that uh, I wasn't doing my job properly and that I really needed to sort him out. So uh, I, I did in the first five minutes of the 
the second half um, and uh, tackled him rather heavily. Yeah. And uh, I, I, the, the ball was five yards away at the time, so uh, the referee sent me off. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't one of my uh, highlights of my career. So, so straight red was it, Derek? Straight to the dressing room? It was, yes. I caught him just below the knee. It was, it was totally accidental. <laughs> Flipping it. I'm sure it had gone to VAR now, Derek, and you, you'd have been reprieved. Okay. But, I mean, you mentioned a name earlier on, Jackie Melbourne, and I believe his tag was War Jackie. I mean, yes. what an absolute legend Jackie was. And, and what's it like to be such a young man and to, to play for a manager, you know, such a big name? Yeah, it, it was incredible. Um, I, I remember that we, he actually came to our house in Bedlington, just outside Newcastle. And uh, when I opened the door and, and I, I looked at him, and I, I went, ah, it's War Jackie and closed the door. And, and showed, showed it to my mum and dad and says, War Jackie at the door. And uh, she said, uh, well, let him in. <laughs> so, it, it, so so there he was sitting in our, uh, in our living room and uh, chatting away about Ipswich. I mean, unfortunately, he didn't last very long, and Bill McGarry came along. Um, but uh, yeah, interesting times. Actually, I, you know what, I do. I spoke to you, Derek, for you know, a good five minutes before, and I went through the question. I said I do my research, and I've actually just realised you actually played under Bill McGarry at Ipswich. I did. I did. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and he chased me for about six months. You know, um, trying to get me up to up, up to the Wolves. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I went up on a on a Saturday afternoon, uh, sorry, Sunday afternoon. Um, they didn't have agents in those days, of course. Yes. Uh, and uh, I, I had to negotiate with Bill McGarry. You know, I, he was someone who had been chasing me for six six months, and 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 my the cost of my transfer was going up and up every time he made a, another inquiry, <laughs> and I, I got transferred to the. The, the magnificent sum of eighty-eight thousand pounds. <laughs> eighty-eight thousand. But I mean, see, once again, um, I, I, I didn't realise that you play for for Billy Ipswich. Obviously, you joined Wolves. I believe it was uh, September seventy-two. Um, it was. Uh, yeah. and, and so for you, I suppose you must have gone into that mood, that move. Sorry, with full confidence on the basis that you played under Billy Ipswich, then he'd signed you for Wolves. You must have thought that was a really good fit. Yeah, I, I I was expecting. I mean, I, you know, in the negotiation, I was, I was saying to him, "Look, you know, I've got you've got two really good centre halves. You've got McCall and Monroe." Yes. Um, so you know, I'm expecting to come in there and uh, and and to have a place. And he said, "Oh yeah, of course you will. Um, no worries about that." Um, and and I did. I played about five or six games, but um, and then I got dropped. <laughs> All right. So I I believe you know looking back on it that I was there just to put pressure on them too. I mean they they, they were two good centre halves, um, yes. and uh, and it took me a while to realise um, that that's why I was there. But then uh, you know unfortunately things didn't go very well for me um, personally either. So uh, that, that's another story. Well we are going to come on to that now. You made your debut, Derek, um, against Man City away. Top flight football, 7th of October 1972. It's the 72-73 season. For you, I mean, you know, you played 21 games in your opening season. Um, For you, did you realise early on how big a club Wolves was? No, I'm sure I didn't. Uh, It it, it was just incredible. Um, You know, when you've got people like John Richards and Derek Dugan and Mike Bailey. Yeah. Um, Danny Hegan coming along, you know uh, Monroe McCall and and Lofty as well, you know Big yes. Phil Parks. 
um, you know, such uh, people that you read about in the paper, but you don't expect to be playing alongside. And yes. uh, it, it, it was it was just, you couldn't catch your breath, really. I mean, for you, Derek, that 72-73 season, we finished fifth in the first division. And like I said, you, you, you played half the games that campaign. Well, actually, over half the games. Um, so for you, really, that was a, I suppose it was a really positive start. You know, being as you didn't make your debut till the October, um, that was a really positive start. It was, it was, and uh, you know, I, I suppose I, I had a little, you know, a bit of a flutter early on, you know, trying to fit into um, the style of play and, and, and all of that, but then gradually settled into a, a rhythm, which which you have to do. Um, uh, but you know, it's just one of those things that the manager makes a decision and you don't agree with it. Yes, but you know, you, you have to go along with it. So yeah, I, I would like to have played more games. But uh, it's his decision at the end of the day. Now, the next season, 73-74, obviously we know what happened at the end of it. Wolves won the League Cup. Um, For you, you played 10 games that season. For you, was it, I suppose it's bittersweet really. Wolves have got to a a League Cup final. Um, For you, is it difficult to watch and and, and not be involved and not be part of it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I I mean, um, Monroe got injured and I played five games. We, We won three and drew two. And I, I, you know, went to see McGarry and said, look, you know, um, I'm, I'm fit enough and, you know, I've done well. He said, no, son. He said, uh, I'm going to go with my, my standard um, uh, players, you know. Uh, obviously, he was he was set on that and I couldn't do anything about that. So I travelled down to Wembley um, with the wives and, and sat, sat in the stand with the wives. Yeah. And, of course, it was, it was a great result. You yes. know, it was, a, it, was, it was an amazing result. And the, the team played so well. And then when you, you go to, you know, the posh uh, hotel afterwards and have a celebration and, you know, there's ice, you know, an iced wolf there as you walk in. Wow. Um, I, I, totally amazing. But, you know, I just got bladdered and went to bed. To <laughs> <laughs> be honest, Derek, could have probably joined you, mate. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, listen, you talk about the players that you played with and two in particular you did mention, Frank Monroe and, and John McCall. Now, to be fair... If you're going to lose a place or you're going to be behind two players, they, you know they, they are two of, and I can say this, two of the two of the best central defenders in in Wolves' history. Frank Munro, um, Scottish international, really, really technically a good player, very skillful for a centre half. And you've got John McCall, who played hundreds of games for the club. So. It, yes. it, for you, it must have been when you get your opportunity. You're almost under more pressure because you, you you had to take it. Yes, yeah, and you had to perform. Yeah, and if you didn't perform, you know, it was uh, well, you're out, son. So uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of pressure, but you know that that's that's life, isn't it? Yeah, and and Bill McGarry once again. What was your relationship like with Bill? Because it was clearly very good at Ipswich on the basis he courted you when he came to the Wolves. But yes, what was your relationship like with Bill? Once it, it, it was, it wasn't a good, it, it wasn't a good uh, relationship to be honest. Um, you know, managers do bend the truth, and uh, uh, I remember Derek Dugan saying uh, that uh, he, he went into his office one day, and uh, and, the, and Bill wasn't there. She thought, well, I'll kick his dog. 
he just it was just something funny but yes and I, he, he said to me he said well you know the next time you go if bill's not there you kick his dog i said no, no i'm not gonna do that so did he <laughs> did bill always used to take his dog to the to the ground with him then yeah yeah he did yeah and, and he used to get the apprentices to uh, to clean his car as well you see that wouldn't happen now i mean no, not at all. The manager at, at Wolves, Bruno Lodge, you can't imagine him bringing his dog to work and then getting one of the apprentices <laughs> to clean his Range Rover. No, not at all, not at all. But, I mean, Derek Dugan was brilliant, um, you know, because, uh, yeah, Bobby Robson took over at Ipswich. And uh, when I finally went, he said, well, you're not getting your money. Um, you're signing on fee. He said, I'll make sure you don't get it. And, of course, Derek Dugan was uh, part of the PFA. Yes. So he went down to London with me. Um, and we fought it. And and we got the, the four thousand pounds, which 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 I was I was due. Yes. But Bobby Robson didn't want me to get it, so um, that that was a bit unfortunate. I mean, I'm very thankful to Bobby Robson. I mean, he obviously was a was a great manager. Yes. Um, I had him when he was a young manager. Um, and, but one of the things that he instilled in all his young players was to go and get the coaching licenses. So, um, so that's what I that's what I did. Um, yeah. You know, uh, while I was at Wolves, I went up to Lillishall and got my full coaching license. And is it difficult to, to, to leave a club under a crowd? Like you said, when you, you, you had the problem with the signing on fee, it, it, that, that, it does leave a bitter taste in your mouth, doesn't it, Derek? Of course it does, yeah. And I, I, I was, you know, I, I'm glad that things worked out for, for Bobby because he, he, was a, he was a really nice guy. Yes. Um, but I was just to and throwing with Bill McGarry and him. And, uh, you know, you're getting torn because you know that Wolves is a, is, is a big club. Yeah. And I didn't realise how big a club it was. Um, but you get torn between that and you, you're just wondering what to do but um, yeah it's, it, managers have got their own way of doing things haven't they they, they certainly have and, and to be fair Derek £4,000 is, is, is a good sum of money now so back then that was a huge sum of money yeah yeah and uh, yeah and I wasn't on particularly good wages either at Ipswich that was the other thing that had annoyed me um, and, and but Bill you know uh, put me on over 100 quid a week and fifty pounds appearance and fifty pounds uh, for winning games. So you know, I, I was doing okay. Yeah. Now, and, and ended up buying a very nice house in Tetnall Wood. Ah, right. So, see, that's another interesting point. So, you actually, when when you played for Wolves, did you actually buy a house in Wolverhampton? Well, they, they put me in a clubhouse to start with, which was really well. I, I stayed in the hotel for about three or four weeks. Yes. And then they put me in a clubhouse for about six months, I think, three, maybe four or five months, something like that. And then you know, obviously, got a bit of a deposit um, and put down on a on a on a um, on a house in Technol Wood. Yeah. Oh, because that's the interesting thing now, Derek. A lot of players do rent, you know, because they don't know how long they're going to be at a club for. That's, um, that's true. Uh, and that's and true, it's yeah. easier for them to rent. So that's that's very interesting, actually, Derek. Where do you live now? Are you still local, or well, say, is it Birmingham? Yeah, I believe. Live in Solihull. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very nice uh, area. Uh, remarried and got you know lots of kids and stuff so uh we, we kept busy <laughs> well actually Derek that was another thing during my research I believe um you you, you have had six children yes <laughs> yeah I've, I've, I've got a good relationship with all of them fantastic because um, uh, they've got lots of grandkids as well so it's uh yeah it keeps keeps us busy oh that that's that's really that's that's amazing now obviously s- still with wolves uh, you was there for four years so 72-73 season, finished 5th, 73-74 and 74-75, uh, 12th place, so they, they were good seasons, 
Where did it all go wrong in 75-76, Derek? Because that's the season that ended in relegation. Although you only made two appearances, so obviously it's not... You know, for you, where did it seem to go wrong? Well, I mean, it had to be um, the home life um, where I had a little girl in Ipswich um, and she spent too long in the birth canal and uh, obviously was uh, brain damaged. Yes. And so if she she had, you know, uh, caught anything, um, I mean, we were going down to Ormond Street and, and stuff and trying to get things put right. And then she caught pneumonia and died. Um, and, and unfortunately, you know, it was a very dark period for me. And if you're not fit, um, which I wasn't, because yeah. I was messing about and doing all sorts at the Mount Hotel around the corner yeah. um, from where we lived. Um, it, it was just, you know, it, it was a tough time and trying to get out of it. I, I tried a couple of things. One was to go and get my coaching license, but two was to go to America. Yeah. And, and that... Um, Sorry. Oh, sorry, and, and and that's what you did. You, you did end up in America, but before we go on to the the personal yep. problems, Derek, um, there was a good team in seventy five, seventy six, a team that shouldn't have been relegated. Why do you think they got relegated when they had so many big names? I mean, a, a few supporters and actually players from that era said it was an aging side. Do you think that was part of the problem? Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah and, and and again, you know, our manager's got his own way of doing things. And they can be very stoic, can't they? Yes. And just, you know, continue, you know, okay, they've had a, a reasonable amount of success and they just keep going with that way. I mean, you've only got to look at Bielsa yeah. to realise that he wasn't going to change the way he, he was playing. Yes. Um, and, uh, and and I think Bill was the same. He, he just thought, well, I can get away with, not, not get away with, but, yeah. I, you know, maybe, maybe there wasn't a lot of money around, I don't know. Yeah. And to buy, you know, uh, good players to come in and and make the difference, and so yeah, you're probably right. Uh, with an Asian, aging team, then uh, it, it it's bound to reflect in the number of games that you play because, um, you know, when you get a bit older, it's 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 tougher to keep going and playing that many games. It is, and I think with Bell and many players from that era have said this, Derek, that with Bell, you know, he, he, he was set in his ways and if he had an idea, he'd stick to it and he was a man of principle and, you know, very stubborn almost. And he, he if, if you're in a relegation battle and you think the only way we can get out of this is playing the way we've always played, sadly, sometimes it doesn't always work out. That's right. And and, and you've got to change something. Um, but, you know, we're, we're just the players. We, we've got to do what the manager says. So... Um, you know that, that's that's the way you're conditioned in football, aren't you? Of, of you course. Know, maybe the players at Leeds um, didn't want to play the way Bielsa, but they have to do that. Yes. Because you know they're under contract, aren't they? Yes. Yes, that's quite right. Now, you you have alluded to um, a couple of personal problems um, and, and 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 the awful tragedy. Uh, where where you, you, your daughter sadly passed away. Now, you, Derek, you had a bit of a hard man tag, and once again, all my research, it brought it up that, that you, you was a bit of a hard man. And I suppose with many players from the 70s, um, and not many players admit to this, by the way, but, we, 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 we you know, it, it did happen. Um, there was the perils of, of, obviously, alcohol and women. Um, and, and sadly, uh, Derek, and you don't mind me saying, because I did ask you before, you fell into the trap of both, didn't you? Well, I did, yeah, and it, it was kind of an escapism, really. Um, I mean, I, I met someone around at the the, the, uh, the Mount Hotel. Yeah. Um, he, was, he was a millionaire. He, he had a house in Florida, a house in Bournemouth, and he, he, he worked in the Midlands selling 
and uh, machinery and stuff like that and uh, we used to go around in his in his Rolls Royce um, <laughs> and I used to drive it and you know and with the door flinging open and stuff and uh, he, he took 50 quid down you know on, on the bar and, and off, that was the start of the night yes um, so we, we did the Birmingham circuit you know uh, yeah it, for about six to maybe to nine months I went through I, would, I can only say it was like hell Right. Um, I I didn't realise obviously the, the lady that I was married to at the time um, was going through stuff just as bad as what I was. Of course. I was just trying to fill my life with other things. Yes. And and obviously because you have to be fit. Yes. Um, I I wasn't very fit and uh, dropped down to the reserves, um, which which I I can quite understand. And you you you, you had the tragedy of losing your daughter, which is 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 unimagin- unimaginable, Derek, and. In, uh, I believe it was 1978, you also had a, a very bad car accident. I did, yeah. I, I'd, uh, I'd gone over to America uh, a couple of times and played across there. Um, and then I had the call from the PFA to say that um, th- there was a job on offer uh, as, as a player manager um, down at Yeovil. So uh, I, I came back from America. Uh, I, I was living in a house in, in Hereford. And uh, I had uh, I rang the guy up, the, the chairman, to say that I'd be down the next day um, to sign the contracts and everything. He says, "Oh, he said, I've, I've just given it to your um, midfield player uh, in Hereford." And uh, and, and I said, uh, "So what's that all about?" And he just he, he, he couldn't say much to me. He just said, "No, I'm, I'm giving it to somebody else." So I flown all the way back from America, gone through all the, the problems that I've gone through. And, uh, and I thought, well, th- there's, there's nothing left, you know. Um, my, my wife had uh, uh, gone off with somebody and, and uh, we're going through a divorce. And I thought, well, this is the end of, of my life. So I, I took some drugs, took some drink and drove onto the M5 and um, I crashed the car. Thankfully, I was only concussed. The, the car was a write-off. So I spent about three, four days in hospital. Um, and trying to get my life back together. And, and thankfully, um, I believe I had a touch from God, whatever you want to call it. Yes. I just remembered I'd been to a little church back in Bedlington um, and heard about Jesus and God and all that sort of stuff. I was just there for the women, you know, for the, for the young girls and throwing <laughs> sweets in the back of the head to get noticed. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it just... <sighs> It, it, it was a tough time, and, yes. and I, I needed to get out of it, basically. Um, uh, the, the thought came to me, what shall I do now? And I came out of hospital, and I thought, I haven't seen my parents for a little while. I'm going to go up to Middlesbrough, where they now lived. Yes. And invited me to church. Hadn't been to church for years. And uh, I, so I said, yeah, there's, there's nothing on telly, so, so let's go. So Sunday morning, there I am. A young lads talking about God and Jesus and, and whatever and and I just totally broke down and thought yeah I, I've lived my life the way I've tried to live my life and it and it hasn't worked out so what have I got to lose and uh, yeah I mean Derek it's you, you, you're on the crest of a wave you, you're playing for a first division club um, you know I'm sure there is women dropping at your feet and you're on the telly, you're adorned by thousands of fans, 
um, all can see from the supporter watching. All can see, you know, it, that your life's fantastic, but it, yeah. it, it clearly isn't always that way, is it? Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, that's why you know you look at players now. You know, like Rashford at the minute, who's going through all sorts of problems. But you know, when he's playing well, everything it, it's, it's not a problem, is it? Yes. But when he's in a side that's chopping and changing all the time, and he's he's, he's inconsistent, and and now people start looking and thinking, oh well, yeah, maybe it's something to do with his private life. Well, yeah. of course, you know, back in the day, they all they do there wasn't the media attention. Yes. So they didn't see any of that. All they saw was you know me probably probably playing in the reserves yeah. instead of playing in the first team. Think, well, oh, I wonder what's happened to him. And and I suppose. Losing your daughter was a huge catalyst in, in, in taking you personally into that spiral. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah you know, um, to go to the hospital and, and uh, you know, to um, see your daughter struggling, um, that, yeah. that, that's, that's a toughie to, to try and get over. Um, and then, then to go to the funeral as well. He's, he's... You know, that, that's, that's awful. That, that, that is, you know... Um, yeah, and it and it did send me over the top, and uh, you know I, I have to apologise to to the the Wolves fans. You know it was just one of those things. I I got caught up in stuff. Um, wanted to just sort of lose myself yeah. in, in drink and whatever. Um, and uh, I, I'm just so thankful I came out of it a reasonably sane person. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you something, Derek. No apologies needed because you know you had to do what you had to do, and and just to. <sighs> you know, almost put this into the equation. I lost my wife to breast cancer. Um, right. And what I say is you, you've, it's about survival and you get to a point of rock bottom and it, it is about survival and you have to do yes. what you have to do to get you through the day. So whatever you decision you made, Derek, um, you know, you had to do it. Now, I know how important the church is to you now. Was the church really the changing point in your entire life? Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it was incredible, really. Um, I, I mean, from the church, this Baptist church up, up in Middlesbrough, um, to uh, remarrying um, my lovely wife now, who I've been married to for 41 years. Wow. Um, Linda, I mean, her, her dad was a pastor um, of a church down in Bristol. Um, but we started going to a little church um, in Birmingham and then moved to Renewal Christian Centre where David Carr was the, was the speaker. Yeah. And uh, David Carr was an incredible person um, who was, uh, he looked after all the players' insurances because uh, I, I came across him when I was um, coaching at Birmingham City. Okay. And, uh, and if he had stayed and become an agent, he would have been one of the best agents around. Yeah. But he, he wanted to, um, you know, um, do his work that he was doing, but also manage the church as well and pastor of the church. So he was uh, very, very um, encouraging for me um, and and a big part of my life. And, and of course, we had Cyril Regis. Yes, um, of course. Uh, Dennis Bailey. Yeah, XQPR. Um, players like that, you know, at, at, at Renewal. So that was really helpful um, for me um to to settle in and, and to you know get on with with my new life so to speak yeah and then obviously it was the guy who put us in touch the former fullback kevin ashley yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. and i'm sure derek i don't know if you do now i'm sure you know the story about peter Knowles. yes yeah. yes i do yeah um just just a shame that you know, he was a, a such a good player yes um but he was obviously convicted 
that that he was he was doing that was the right thing, and, and yeah. you know I've, I've, I've no got no no problems with that at all. Yes, um, uh, it, it was just it was such a shame but, with somebody so so talented. And that is must be a huge decision. I mean, for the listeners, I'm sure all the listeners know the story. But at 23, Peter Knowles retired from the game to become a, a Jehovah's Witness. Um, and he dedicated his whole life to that and that must be difficult when for us for, for, for people like me looking in when you're 23 you're at the top of the game you're on the verge yes. of international honours your brother's a footballer then all of a sudden you give it up that is a huge a huge yeah. life affirming decision Derek yes yeah I, I, I can't imagine it you know um, I mean I, I ducked and dived a bit you know I, I went over to America um, coached at Birmingham City yeah um, and you know even played against Pele. Oh, I, I was coming to that. I was coming to that. In fact, <laughs> sorry to interrupt, Derek, but yeah. while we're on the subject of, of obviously guard in Birmingham City, there is a quote from you when you became reserve team manager at Birmingham, where you says, "See, God does have a sense of humour." <laughs> <laughs> it does. <laughs> but you, you've got to have a sense of humour with Birmingham City, haven't you? Um, <laughs> you certainly the, have. The, the, the blue noses won't forgive me for that. Oh, brilliant! And. That's it. You went uh, to the Boston Minutemen and the Washington Diplomats, Diplomats. in, in yeah. 1976 and played against the great Pele. Um, yeah. Well, so I, when I say when I say played, I was on the same pitch. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, how how good was he? And uh, you know, did you have him in your pocket all game and, and mark him out the game? Oh no. Oh no. Um, I, honestly, there, there was a t- one of the games. And, and I remember it, and I, and I tell the story uh, quite a few times. But um, yeah, the, the goalkeeper got the ball. He kicks the ball out. It's a it's a it's a big high one, and it's going to drop on the circle. And so I'm thinking, as a as a centre half, you know, I'm going to come through this, and I'm going to head it. And Pele just ran underneath it and backheeled it over his head and kept running. <laughs> and I just I just stood in the middle of the pitch with all these supporters around you, and uh, I just clapped. <laughs> <laughs> It was just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then we went to a couple of parties as well, but that's another story. Oh, flipping <laughs> it. I mean, so at the time, would George Best have been over there as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flipping yeah, it. I mean, I, I played against George uh, quite a few times, actually. Wow. Um, uh, I mean, Bobby Robson, I, I mean, I'll, I'll just tell you one of the team talks he gave us. Of course. Um, was uh, Mick Mills? You're gonna you're gonna mark him first, he said. And then Peter Morrison says you're gonna uh, take over when he beats when he beats Millsy. He says when he's beating you, Morris, uh, Pete. Uh, we used to call him Diesel because he, he, he kept going and going and going. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and he said so when he's beating you two, he said Chopper. He said I want you to have a go at him, and that that was his team talk. <sighs> You know, it was incredible. He was just such a so well balanced. Yes, I mean, he could head the ball. He could jump as high as anybody, um, and, and he had an incredible shot on him. He, he was, yeah. I, I was just very thankful to um, have, have actually got a sniff. <laughs> I mean, we talk about the perils of booze and birds in the seventies, and there was no greater advocate for that than than the great George Best. Yeah, yeah, and and, and again, just such a shame as well. You know, and, and even trying to um, keep on going when you yes. know that you know um, you're under the influence of alcohol. You know, I mean, thankfully I didn't get that far, but I wasn't that good. But 
Um, yeah, he just, I suppose, believed his own report. But in his younger days, uh, he was just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, probably as good as Pele. You know, um, if he'd have kept going, he, he would have probably qualified as. Yeah, well, he was one of the top players in the world, wasn't he? And I think if you look at Pele, Pele clearly did live his life. Well, as far as I'm, I'm aware, live his life right off the pitch, and that's maybe why yeah. he could get why to and stay at that pinnacle. Yeah, absolutely. And and you, yeah. Derek? Oh, go on, sorry. No, no. I was just going to say that you know, even though we went to parties and stuff like that, yeah, um, he very rarely drank. Yeah, and it, you know, which, which showed you that he was living a good life. Yes, yeah, which, which made the difference on the field, didn't it? That takes some. Uh, that takes some doing. <laughs> it certainly does. And yeah. uh, you, you had the hard man tag. Um, now listen, it's it, you, you watch football today, Derek, and players can't tackle. Now I think they did um, a bit of they did a bit of research and analysis on a game from the seventies. Uh, I can't remember which game it was, but I believe. Um, in, in today's refereeing standards, there'd have been something like seven red cards and 15 bookings. And in your time, when you was a hard man, Derek, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like that. There were knee-high tackles, neck-high tackles. I mean, what oh, was it yeah. like to play in the 70s on those pitches and with tackles flying about as, as they did? When you say those pitches, I remember playing at Derby <laughs> and uh, playing up against those, those guys. Um, you know, Brian Clough in charge and stuff. Uh, I mean... Yeah, it was one of those things. You know, if if you if you didn't get the ball, you got the man. Yes. Um, type of thing. But then the centre forward would do you. Yeah. You know, so you you'd get an elbow in the head. Um, you know, a chop round the back of your neck. Um, yeah, it was was it was <laughs> it was a free for all, really. Yeah. I mean, you've only got to look at Billy Bremner and and it was a Kevin Keegan, was it? Yes, uh, of course. Yeah. Fight on the pitch. Yeah, I mean now. I mean it's it's just not that way now. Now, no, your your last game for the Wolves, uh, Derek. Can you remember who it was against? I can't. Yeah, ironically, I believe unless um, my record books are wrong, your last game for the Wolves was away at Ipswich. Um, Is that right? February the seventeenth, nineteen seventy-six. You lost three now, so almost it's like it had gone full circle. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't realise that. Um, but, but that just shows you how far Wolves had slipped at, the, at that stage of the, yes. in, the, in his career. Yeah. Now, Derek, if you can look back on that incredible career, um, Wolves, then, well, Ipswich, sorry, Wolves, then to America, Sheffield, Wednesday, Hereford, um, 52 appearances in the old gold and black, which we're all very grateful for. If you can look back on that great career, Derek, which, what, which moment stands out and, and puts a smile on your face? I, I think um, what I mean the, the two players that always stand out for me is Frank Monroe and uh, Derek Dugan, and, and of course Wagstaff as well. Yes. But um, I, one of the things I always remember was one of the first games I, I played in, um, and, and uh, Phil Parks said to me, "said You just watch Frank, just watch him." I said, what do you mean? He said, no, no, no just keep watching him. And so the, the goalkeeper got the ball, the, the opposition goalkeeper, he got the ball and he, and he hammered it. And it was well over the halfway line. And Frank Monroe goes to head the ball. And Lofty said, are you still watching? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm watching Lofty. And, and all he did was he, he, he put his hands out and as the ball dropped, he just took it on his, on his toe. Yeah. And I thought, what? That is just incredible. 
you know, um, uh, yeah, one of the outstanding ones. And of course, uh, Wagstaff with his crosses and the Duke, right foot, left foot, but with his with his head, he, he very rarely missed. So, you know, to play alongside those two guys yeah. um, was a real privilege. It was. And, and as I mentioned before about Frank, Although he was a centre-half, you know, for yourself, Derek, it being the hard play he was, I suppose, it is, it is a, you know, a kick the man or, 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 or the ball. Um, for, for Frank, that wasn't his game. He, he was, a, a, you know, a ball-playing centre-half. And, you know, around that time, that, that, you know, there wasn't that popular. No, there weren't. No, ball-playing centre-halves uh, weren't, weren't, weren't around then, were they? Um, apart from the odd one. Yes, and uh, certainly Frank was the, the odd one. Uh, it, when we had when we played in the gym, um, you had to make sure that you were on Frank's on on, uh, on his side. Yeah, um, because uh, if if you weren't, um, then uh, then you know you were going to get beat. Yes, so make sure you know that uh, Monroe was on your side. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, Derek, thank you for your time. Um, this evening on the Wolf Whistle podcast. Thank you for your great no, stories. No problem, Jason. Thank you as well for representing our great club 52 times. And thank you for being as honest as you was in the interview. And you're welcome back on the Wolf Whistle anytime. Thanks very much. Thank you.